Cam. Um, I'm a really alcoholic adult child. Um, I was going to do a short reading, um, if that's all right. So it's chapter five, ACA is a spiritual, not religious program. We believe that the disease of family dysfunction is a spiritual dilemma rather than a moral deficiency to be solved by proper living. We don't believe we have a mental health problem to be cured purely by science. We have no quarrel with proper living or scientific solutions. But any solution for the disease of family dysfunction must include spirituality, in our view. Spirituality is one of the three key elements that underpin the recovery process for the individual. In ACA, we recover in body, mind and spirit. Through the principles of the program, our bodies are renewed, our minds become clear and our spirit connects with the God of our understanding for an inner awakening. This is ACA wholeness for the individual and a sign of wholeness of the ACA program. ACA is a way of life which can meet all of our emotional and spiritual needs. So I just found that earlier and it just sort of gave me hope. And um, yeah, because spirituality, um, like I've had, like it says in the Red Book, you know, and I, that was one of my battles in AA. I struggled to get a higher power. So um, I find that quite comforting, that. And um, yeah, and I'm going to start my story. So. Um, um, yeah, I used to really struggle to do um, AA shares. I've probably only done two or three in the last two or three years, actually. Um, and I used to be really afraid of talking. Um, like when I was in active alcoholism, I would um, <clears throat> obviously talk manically about my messed up childhood, traumatic childhood all the time kind of thing. Um, um, and then I got to... Um, AA, and I still couldn't talk about it, you know, if I thought of myself as a seven-year-old, I just would have an absolute panic attack and fear, you know, and um, I don't know how far along I've come from that, so I'm going to find out tonight, because I sort of did write some notes, actually, of different parts of um, different stages of my life, um, because uh, I'm doing the Love, Love and Parent Guidebook, and that sort of, like, is starting to help me do that, so um, I I'm, I'm, hope I don't say anything that's too much. I'll just go with what I've kind of um, planned anyway. So I grew up in a uh, council flat. Um, originally, where I live now is like 180, 200 miles from where I grew up. But it was actually, I was born about 40 minutes from here. My mum was from around here. And my dad met her on an ice cream round that his brother um, owned. Um, and my dad came down this way to <coughs> work for work for him and originally my mum's sister was going to have a, a blind date with my dad and my mum did instead and um, wow you know it's funny how fate plays out um, so anyway we I was six months old and I left here and went to um, where I grew up um, and my dad apparently had a lump sum of money that he was going to put down on deposit for a house um, which he gambled away and you know from what I gathered from my mum she immediately knew that he was a compulsive gambler and you know the kind of tone was set kind of thing um and he was also you know a raging alcoholic um i think his primary addiction is um gambling uh, i'd say there was sex addiction probably in it uh but yeah so um so you know i, I often share and i just talk about the you know like these terrible, like big events that sort of haunted me all through, all through my sort of drinking and um, 
and I wanted today. It's been a, a powerful experience to be asked to do this. I'm really grateful um, because I really struggle in recovery still to kind of connect with my inner children. And I really wanted to kind of think about myself like in the early years, you know, and I did separate it into my early years, my early teens and, and so on. And um, it was good to think up stuff, you know, because I can still feel you know, I've got hardly any memory, or if I do remember, it slips away quickly, or it causes me anguish. And I just didn't want to remember terrible events. I wanted to remember me as well, you know, what was I actually like, and what did I like, and stuff, you know. Um, so, yeah, my mum obviously um, was an, an enabler, and, uh, you know, she used to sit on the stairs when I was about, we used to sit we, on the council flat, we'd walk along the balcony, I often felt trapped there. So it was like two doors to the outside, um, only like one one exit kind of thing, but two doors to go through and walk along the balcony and down some stairs. And I remember being about four years old, my mum talking about she's going to leave in one day. Um, and she never did, and she never has, you know, and that's a very young age to be, you know, having that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, she sort of like, she kind of, she said it was protection, like that she kept us this sort of separateness from... My, my biological father but you know I think it, and it, but it was jealousy as well you know um, there's just really a lot of dysfunction but um, so I had a sister as well and we shared a bedroom for um, 15 16 years um, and I have about four memories of my sister in my childhood and I shared a bedroom with her all those years I've done my step I did my steps and nothing came through about my sister which is I just think must be the kind of extent of the trauma that I'm kind of some, you know yet to break through um, I was told by my mum that I was a mistake and I'd ruined her life um, and they want, my dad wanted a boy, um, so just little messages like that obviously didn't serve me. My name, Marie, is actually after a fling that he had apparently while uh, he named me while my mum was having me in hospital. That's the story that's been handed down. Um, yeah, so obviously it's really difficult, um, really difficult. Uh, so I was, you know, I, I realised when I was sort of thinking about this, you know, I was told on my school reports that I was a daydream, you know, staring out the window, and I, I think now I was just associating already, you know, from a really young age, um, and I was frightened of boys. I remember like this sort of one of the school the year bullies sort of saying mocking me for it, and um. Uh, yeah, I kind of went on to kind of really turn that around uh, later on sort of thing and, you know, try and have control. And, and it wasn't surprising that I was uh, terrified because of just like that my, you know, one of my primary caregivers behaviour, you know, if um, I feel I'm just saying there's a horror story now, I'm not, not going to say that bit. But, um, and I didn't want to sort of mention too much and then go into um, losing myself. So, um that's what I've done. Um, yeah, so I was kind of mocked by my dad for my body. Um, so, you know, like puppy fat and I would be mocked and then he couldn't handle it when I did kind of become a sort of slender teenager and wearing short dresses and he just couldn't handle it. Um, you know, and he, he did sort of, um, you know, there was inappropriate stuff, you know, uh, without, without doubt. Um, uh, and yeah, so I would say also I had like an early um, sexual experience that basically was like when I've talked it through in counselling was kind of like 
I totally lost my true self then. I really buried myself then. I was already struggling and having to have, you know, develop all this, the survival traits I now know. Um, and this event just really um, made me kind of go into false self mostly that from then. Um, and that was at the time I was, I was starting to, I was drinking as well. But just to go back to, I feel like my children would be deserved if there's the ones that I don't see. Or, uh, yeah, can't get to so much of the age of 10. But, you know, I was, um, you know, dancing was important. You know, I've got a memory of me in a red, I think it's red and white spotty rock and roll dress. And I was mesmerised by the lights in the disco. I was only about nine at the community centre. And the DJ go, look at her staring at the lights kind of thing. And um, I guess I would go on to be mesmerised by sort of um, the lights of um, discos and, and stuff. Um and I also loved reading and wanted to be a writer or a journalist, and that was kind of crushed that that dream. Um, you know, what do you want to read their books for? Because obviously it was intimidating, I guess, to my to my parents who weren't educated, and you know, they were only seventeen and nineteen. My mum was seventeen when she had me. My dad was nineteen. My dad was one of nine. My mum was one of six. They both had, you know, like difficult, like I would imagine, very difficult stuff themselves. So. Um, Yes, so, um, and I was drawn to even at school dysfunctional friends kind of thing. I had two best friends, and they had really difficult lives as well. Um, well, I went on to have very tra tragic stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, I've realised I've gone into my childhood quite a bit. So the drinking... Um, yeah, so I just started drinking in my early teens. I somehow got through school. I was, yeah, academic, but it wasn't cool to be academic. So I got messages at home and school, don't be clever, don't try and do well kind of thing. Um, but then it was, like, strange because then later on my mum's like, you've got to go to college, really, you know, you want you to do well. So, yeah, but by then I was really, like, really messed up sort of bunny, really. Um, but I did, yeah, and I'd started sort of taking drugs um, and... I did manage to do, do my qualifications. Um, I did think, how much? Yes, twenty minutes, twenty odd years, you know, <laughs> a minute a year. Sorry, um, but so um, so a big event that I haven't really probably properly worked through was I was trapped out when I was fifteen, sixteen. I had to get my own flat, and my mum had an injunction against my dad at the time, and I actually got her and my sister. They stayed with me. Um, for a few days, so which is just incredible. I've got a 20-year-old son. I can't even imagine that happening to him. It's just, yeah. Um, and I got on flat downstairs. And my mum went back to my dad, which which she's always done. So um, I remember that. I remember though feeling terribly lonely in that, in that flat, thinking of my family, even for all that it'd been like like two or three miles down the road, like total abandonment. And um, so obviously, yeah, drinking and um, stuff was where I went to deal with that. So, but, you know, I didn't have, like, life skills. You know, I was just trapped out into the world and I didn't have life skills or anyone to turn to kind of thing. Um, I did have a relationship with someone who I loved. Um, I called him Love My Life for 10 years. Um, and I must have been so dis I was very disassociated and traumatised. I know through that now. Um, anyway, I uh, let me see if this is... So, um, yeah, I mean, I just betrayed myself so much through alcoholism. 
and um and i think trauma as well now you know like um just really abandoned myself um i just couldn't do um connection with people and you know i had this thing of like for long i'll show you you know and really i just harmed myself terribly with with that kind of um approach um yeah i by the time i got to um recover uh, aa um in my early 30s um and i was pregnant um i um, yeah, I, 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 all through my twenties, I had really serious mental health issues, which I would, I would, I would have given an arm not to have. Um, I just really think that the, the, the combination of trauma, um, drugs, drink, um, sexual abuse, I just think that I was really, my mind was really damaged. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, I was pregnant. I didn't have. I was pregnant in my early twenties. I didn't have that child, and I did. For some reason, I had that moment of clarity uh, to have my son, um, and um, that was really the start of me. Really, you know, after decades of being in distress and hiding it, and just being this pretty girlfriend on somebody's arm, but actually inwardly just being feeling terrible. You know, um, I. Yeah, my son, it was just like I had a motivation to um, to live, really, and change. And, you know, I, in, in his early years, like, because I didn't move here to this area until he was five, I was like, um, I I would feel really depressed about my childhood and that trauma, and I still don't have anywhere to take it. I was only in AA and maybe coder a bit. And, uh, and I'm just like, what can I get from having had that terrible life? And I was like, I, I made the, I was like, what I will do is I will not do that to my son. I will make it different for my son. Um, and that, that gave me hope. And it really did give me motivation that it didn't have, he didn't have to have an upbringing like I had. And uh, obviously it hasn't been perfect. And as the years go past, I can see more, you know, stuff. But anyway, um, it's, yeah, anyway. Um, so, um, five minutes, three. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I moved away. Um, I, you know, even stopping drinking, I've, I've learned in recovery that I had, you know, I had other behaviors that weren't, that weren't good, that, uh, that I thought at the time were fine, but they really weren't, um, you know, and I've had other compulsions and, um, at 10 years sober, I, I was, um, you know, in a relationship completely acting out, you know, relationships bring absolute trauma out in me. So, and I ended up sort of going to a codependency treatment center. Um, at 12 years sober, I got cancer. Um, so, you know, and I just... I don't know, like, I just started to, COVID helped, although it was difficult, like, only, like, having my son to try and get to meetings and stuff, but um, I just had to, um, oh, sorry, I got diagnosed with PTSD anyway when I got, when I got cancer, and even that was kind of like, they, they didn't want to, in the last couple of years, I've been diagnosed with CPTSD, because that's really, like, all through the years, it was just, you've got acute depression, you have some antidepressants, you know, so I think I'll just finish with um, just talking about ACA because I came in ACA four years ago um, and I had kind of got lost in AA. I remember just going to AA when I had cancer and just feeling so ashamed of having cancer, 
you know. And then there was a part of me when I had cancer, like, well, at least something's going on for me in life because I think I was so numbed out. Um, you know, that's what I realised. I thought I was doing well being sober for my son, but I wasn't giving him no emotional life. I was a really numbed out person, uh, still years into sobriety. So ACA, um, I worked the steps quite quickly because I'd done the AA steps maybe like quite a few years before. I'd wanted to do some other steps. I knew it didn't need to be AA again. Started coded ones but didn't complete them. So I did them quite soon, but they did take probably a year or something. And I've worked on the traits book for that took over a year, year or quarter or something. And I'm now on the love and parent with a group. Um, but I got like the idea of the love and parent from there was like these light bulb moments after doing the steps in ACA. They were gradual, these light bulb moments. And I got out of a really, I hadn't had a relationship. Is that time? Uh, I hadn't had a relationship for seven years, um, but I wasn't, you know, which didn't mean that I was getting well. I just hadn't had a relationship for seven years. And I got out of that relationship through ACA. I was doing a bit of slar at the time, but it's ACA because my love and parents said, to my wounded inner teenager, you're not doing that anymore because that was the person that was driving that relationship with another adult child. Um, so yeah, I've just got so much from ACA. Um, I'll just, uh, yeah, um, I feel like my parenting is better. I'm in tune with my feelings, life, you know, and, you know, trying to connect my inner children is an ongoing thing that I forget to do. Um, but years ago in Koja, you just said the word inner child to me, and you know, I'd cross my fingers, like, get away from me, you know, like, I couldn't deal with the concept of an inner child at all. Um, so, um, yeah, I think I'll stop there. Cause, uh, I know I'm not alone in ACA. I, I know I'm not alone. It's, it's really been the greatest thing to find ACA. I've just had a really horrible time, and I've got confused whether it's anti-cancer medications. I have a lot of pain. Is it the trauma coming out? So I've been overwhelmed and in shame at how I behaved at the doctors the other day. And um, I had six months of psychotherapy that's just finished, and I don't think it's worked at all. Um, but there we are. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I persevere, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be in recovery. Thank you.